Worst to first. Back to recap the divisional round. A divisional round this year that was quite a letdown in terms of entertainment quality. I wouldn't really say there was a good game the whole weekend. Um, the best one was probably, you know, I don't know, it depends on your taste. Chiefs, Jaguars, Cowboys, um, 49ers, but neither of those setting, the, setting things on fire. I'm Brian Stewart, joined by Matt Stewart for the show. This specific episode, we are going to focus in on what's been done this past weekend. Um, now, at the end, we'll give you just very broad strokes on what we're foreseeing in the weekend ahead, championship weekend. Uh, but that being said, Matt, let's start from the beginning. Saturday afternoon, Chiefs, Jaguars. Yeah, Kansas City wins 27-20. We were we were watching the game together, and of course, the thing everybody's talking about right now, and everything everybody is going to continue to talk about throughout the week is Mahomes, the ankle injury. It's going to cast a shadow over really what's a great matchup from within. We don't want to put all the focus on that. So, thinking back to the game as a whole, what point in that ball game did you feel like? the Chiefs were for sure to win. Did you ever feel like they weren't going to win? Um, I think that's a fascinating conversation to have because I know some fans, they see Mahomes hurt, they give up. Some fans think that Chad Henney can lead them to the Super Bowl. So it's just kind of crazy, and I want to get your take on where you sit. Yeah, it's kind of where which which side of the fence you land on. Um, yeah, the game was interesting. I thought the Chiefs looked great right at the beginning, right? That first drive, they looked just polished up. They looked like they were hitting on all the cylinders. And uh, obviously the only time that came into question for me personally that they might lose that game was when obviously the ankle injury happened. Because, I mean, yeah, I think Henny is a very competent backup quarterback, and I think he could have got the job done. But it's obviously a lot more difficult, right, if you don't have your franchise quarterback behind the helm. Um, so that would be the only time I was maybe a little bit nervous. And, you know, I think what happened, though, is we saw the rest of the team step up, you know. Mahomes, he went down, you know, he's our guy. He usually leads us and carries us. But you know what? Everyone else is like, well, defense is like, well, we got to do just a little bit better job. You know what? We got to do what he does for us every other week. This is not the uh, first go around with him being hurt or playing hurt for this team. Most recently, we saw it a couple years ago before that Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. And it's kind of weird, the parallels, because it happened in the divisional round. You know, he got knocked out with the whole, like, uh, choke out deal, whatever that was. But people forget the big injury was he got a turf toe in the, against the Browns, uh, grade three. So basically that damn thing was like holding on by a thread, if at all. And so leading up to the next game, it was, oh, he's not going to be mobile because, come on, you, you don't have a big toe. They did scale back the game plan uh, in terms of how much he would move around. I'm going to save all that. I'm doing my best not to think ahead too much. But they have been here, um, and I think you saw Saturday, everybody else just pick up that urgency. You know, you, you have to feel that. It's human nature. You see Superman bleed, um, and it's like, okay, well, we, we can't just assume that he's going to go for 400 and, and four touchdowns now. In fact, we're probably going to have to hold up our end to an even greater degree just to win the game. In the defense, look, I mean, they I, I feel like they did anything and more you could ask for. Jacksonville, their weapons are underrated. 
that's before they add Calvin Ridley next year, and we'll see what he looks like. But at the end, that fourth quarter coming up with two takeaways, that was the difference straight up. I mean, if either one of those don't happen, who knows? Maybe we're having a totally different conversation right now. And closing out the the thoughts on this game, the Jaguars, do you think that next year they should be expected to go further? Because for me, while I can see that, it's hard not to feel like they kind of blew a big opportunity here. Uh, how often in this loaded AFC you got Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, etc. To, to go up against one of those guys on the road and get to basically play a very limited version of that quarterback for most of the game? I don't know. I feel like they, you know, I got confidence in them long term because of Dougie P, Lawrence, but I don't know that it's this slam dunk lock that they're destined to get right back in the divisional round next year or possibly even win their division. We'll, we'll see. No, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure there are going to be early on favorites uh, to win the division next season because, you know, the South's so much in the air and we don't know what the Titans are going to do a quarterback. And that's really what seems to be their competition unless the Colts are able to bring in, I don't know, some new quarterback like Derek Carr or something that they think is going to set the world on fire for them for whatever reason. Um, you know, they do have a lot of talent. They really, really do. And like you said, they've got Calvin Ridley coming in. So they have weapons galore. So they should be able to get better as a team. But, yeah, it's by, by no means a lock. And, uh, yeah, you're right. They they did have a heck of an opportunity at their hands. Because I, I think they're a good team right now. I don't think that they need to, like, develop a ton to be able to beat a diminished team like the Chiefs were on Saturday. So, I mean, yeah, definitely an opportunity miss. Because, yeah, now moving forward, Odds are every year to have success in that AFC, you're going to have to run through the gauntlet again. Bills, Bengals, Chiefs, there's probably going to be some more that emerge. Chargers. So, yeah, I mean, while I think they're an up-and-coming team, yeah, I feel like they definitely did miss a little bit on that one. It's going to be tough. Um, You know, you'd think rookie contract for Lawrence should have a lot of money to blow, but but the the low key fact is they spent a ton of cash last off season. They had to overpay. They had to pay that. Oh, this franchise has really been sucky. We need to give you more money than you're worth just to get guys like Christian Kirk and Aluakon. I mean, these are good players, but you're paying good players like great money and that could catch up to them. Now I don't want to take a ton of time on Saturday night's ball game. Cause it sucked ass. It was a waste of anybody's time. I, I didn't even watch most of it, and I'm glad I didn't. But Philly fans, I think they have to be, you know, very confident. Um, Even though the Giants were probably the worst team left in the playoffs, for them to dominate like that, it was just kind of reminiscent of the year that Philly went on their Super Bowl run when they were just hammering teams at home um, without going too far into San Francisco I don't know, man. I came out of that, like, from the Chiefs' perspective, I think the Eagles right now are the team I would least want to play out of the remaining three. That includes Cincinnati. That includes San Francisco. And part of that's a matchup thing. But they just the, – the offensive line is great and the defensive line's great. And, and I know Hurts isn't super healthy, but got the job done Saturday night. Yeah, no, I definitely have to – Echo that. You made a, made some great points there. They have a well-rounded team. They've got talent everywhere. They've got killers everywhere. The receiving core. Jalen's playing great at quarterback. I mean, even despite the injury. Um, yeah, they're going to be a tough team right now. And the thing, as far as coming out of the NFC, the thing that now has them 
for me, over the Niners is strictly the quarterback position because the Niners have everything else, right? But I think I don't want to get too much in the Brock Purdy stuff, but I feel like that's what sets them apart. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you got to be excited if you're a Philly fan. They, they have it all, so we'll see if they can finish the job behind Sirianni. Giants, um, similar to Jacksonville, I think it's a very far from sure thing that they get back in this spot. Even the playoffs, there's so many questions. You know, you got the quarterback who's expiring contract, Saquon expiring. Barkley did say, well, I'm not trying to reset the market with my contract. I realize the reality of my injury history, and and that's going to limit what I can get. So I thought that was kind of cool on his part to be honest and and understand what this market's probably going to look like. But if anything, Giants fans should probably take some positivity from this fact, okay? You lost, and you lost in such emphatic fashion that it's clear they don't need to break Daniel Jones off for a multi-year deal. Um, I think you you try to maybe get him under the tag, um, something like that, and, and we'll figure out quarterback long-term. I, I still view him as a bridge guy, but maybe they just feel like give us a couple years to shape this roster because these coach, this GM, they're brand new, so they may not even want the guys that are on the team for the most part. But um, that being said, Giants, they're done. We move on to Sunday. Before before you do that, I want to entertain one quick thought. I want, I want to run it by you because I was talking to a colleague and he brought this up and I was like, wow, that's actually a very interesting point. Um, we've all been talking for months. We've heard talking heads talk about it for months. Brian Dayball, locking him in as the coach of the year, right? I mean, a deserved candidate. I mean, he turned around the Giants and brought them in the postseason and they actually looked good for most games outside of the last one. Doug Peterson, he doesn't get that same credit, and he did a lot of the very similar things. Yeah, it is weird. I I guess that's probably – well, it's two things. One, it's the Jaguars, their run didn't start till very late in the year, so there was already a narrative built when they were like two and seven, three and seven, something like that, where people just didn't really believe in them and didn't think that it was headed up where it eventually got, but also Peterson already has that Super Bowl ring. So people expect him, they expect him to do great things, even if it did kind of come maybe a little sooner than, than was anticipated. Dayball, you know, he, he proved himself <clears throat> for the first time. Good but, point. Good point. I can accept that. Yeah. It was, we'll, we'll see night before the Super Bowl. Um, now Sunday, First game, Buffalo. The scene was incredible. I didn't even know it was supposed to snow. It was like I, I turn on CBS, snow's falling like crazy, a little bit out of control, and it, it's just kind of a pleasant surprise because when you do play games in Buffalo, you know you know that's an, a chance, but it hasn't really been happening as much as you, usual, it felt. So that was cool. That being said, and, and I don't want to discount Cincinnati. They are right now as, as hot as any team in the entire league. They have as good a chance as any team to finish the deal. But I truly believe that that snow helped in a big, big way. Some people agree with me. Some people think it's it's not what it seems. But you got to understand, and if you've ever been in snow, tried to run in it, tried to 
do anything of athletic, you know, and, and I'm not the only guy to ask about this. I mean, listen to the pros who have played. It just slows you down and, and you can't get that same footing that you normally would, especially pass rushers. Right. And that was the matchup where for me heading into the game, I said, if, if the bills are going to win, it's going to be because these pass rushers dominate a Bengals offensive line that had three backups in and the guys that were left were arguably, you know, two of their lesser weaker linemen period, but it didn't happen. And you, you could watch, I don't think Buffalo's pass rush has been good since Vaughn was out, but I don't know. It was just less than inspiring all the way around. And the defensive game plan, I mean, I know you're trying to be who you are, but the Bills did not give those receivers of Cincinnati any sort of physicality. And when you don't do that, it's just too easy. They can just get open immediately. Burrow gets it out, and he's content to do that. He's not hes not big play hungry. He'll do whatever you provide. And the Bills, man, I just feel like they handed it to him. Um, Going to be a long offseason up in Orchard Park. Yeah, I know uh, a big takeaway for me, I which I kind of surprised myself, being a Kansas City fan, watching the end of that game, man, it was kind of just sad, you know? It was sad to see that for Buffalo. And not that I want to see Buffalo win anything, really, but I'm like, wow. I'm starting to wonder myself, like, are they, are they going to be able to ever get it done themselves? Uh, I think you have to start to question a little bit the way they're looking, the way they're coming together. Do they need to retool in a lot of different ways to uh, elevate Josh Allen's play and get over the hump? I don't know. Every situation like this, if you handle it the right way, can be flipped into a positive. And I feel like last year, um, hindsight's twenty twenty, maybe ten ten, but I don't feel like they handled last season the right way. You know, you you saw what happened in Kansas City, and they felt like, man, we were thirteen seconds away from what they felt like was the Super Bowl. You know, they feel like they would have beat the Bengals last year. I don't necessarily buy that. I thought the Chiefs were going to, and they didn't. But they go in the offseason, they let Gabe Davis's game in Kansas City influence them to just kind of stay content and not add a receiver. I think that proved to be a mistake. He's a really solid number two, but he's not a good number two, in my opinion. He's, he's just solid, maybe even a three. So they need help there. Um, they signed Von Miller to the huge contract at the age of 33-34. And don't get me wrong, if Von plays – maybe they are still in the tournament because he was having that kind of impact. But that was the problem with the contract was he's an old player who's got an injury history and you just, you're playing with fire and they got burned big time. And as soon as he was out, that defense just never really fully recovered. And now you've got a 34 year old player who, unless he's really pumping the PEDs into his system, may not even get back till late next season and, and be what version of himself. So, um, to me, you got your ass kicked yesterday. Let's be honest with ourselves. Let's kind of reset this thing. Let's do something similar to what Kansas City did last year. Possibly trade away a piece. I don't know how the financials work, but if I'm them, I'm seriously thinking about trading Stephon Diggs. And just depending on what I can get, because he's getting up there in his age, this window, it just hasn't worked. These This core nucleus of players, it hasn't worked out. We got to get younger, cheaper as Josh Allen's contract. His cap hit this year, $16 million, jumps to $41 million, You know, So they, they got to make up ground at some point. 
let me ask you something there. Uh, you bring stuff on digs. I was I had a similar thought actually, and I want to ask how much of yesterday's antics does goes into that? Like you know, showing up Allen a little bit on the sideline. Did you take that personally? Would you have taken it personally if you were Allen, or if you're the Bills? You're like, oh, I don't know if I can deal with that. I think Allen knows where it's coming from. He's just one of those competitors where he he doesn't know how to keep that. St- he wears it on his sleeve. Cool. I think he's a great player, top five wide receiver, most likely. But to me, it opens up the door to go ahead and explore that trade option. Try. I don't think Diggs wants it. Don't get me wrong. I think he was frustrated yesterday, and he'll be fine a week from now. He'll figure it out. You know, let's. What can we do to get back in this spot? But for me, it comes down to the business side. You got a thirty-year-old wide receiver who makes a ton of money on your cap. They've had three bites, four bites at the apple, three, excuse me. And it just hasn't gotten done. And it's, there might be other guys in that roster who they can also get money from by trading away. But he's just one that comes to mind because the wide receiver position we saw last year, teams will trade premium picks for that. And you have a quarterback like Allen, you can figure it out, but I don't know, maybe that's easier said than done because Josh Allen did not look good until Stephon Diggs was a Buffalo Bill. And, and so they better have a plan B, that's for sure, if they ever do go that route. I don't think they're going to. I think he'll be in Buffalo. Yeah, I don't hate that. I think it's a decent idea. Um, could retool their team and set them up for the future. Um, you know, another another talking point I wanted to address on this program. Um, so everything I've heard since the game, obviously, is how great Cincinnati is. Obviously, they have great weapons. People, people are anointing Joe Burrow as the greatest quarterback of all time now. And uh, I want to ask you this, Brian. Do you think it's more Cincinnati is just that much better of a ball club, or is it a combination of maybe Buffalo just wasn't playing their best ball? Josh may be injured, obviously, still. That defense, obviously, is on a skid since the injury in the snow, I think, played a big factor, like you said. And they didn't, weren't able to exploit that offensive line. So, I don't know. I want to see what you think about that. Do you think it's more a little bit of that, or are you just like, oh, the Bill or the Bengals, the Bengals, the Bengals? You know, they've just been overlooked, and they're the best team of all time. You know, that type of story that you're hearing a lot today. I actually think in this circumstance, it was a very happy medium because week-to-week league, Bills last week barely get by the Dolphins and Skylar Thompson. We tried to warn people, you know, this is a big red flag. But but then the Bengals, too, play way better yesterday than they did against Baltimore. Baltimore, you know, took a miracle to get out of that game. And I Mm -hmm. think that game is a better indicator of what that offensive line could look like in Kansas City playing in a more dry, standard-conditioned type of situation. Uh, Snow games are weird. Some people, some players, better than others. But one thing I've firmly learned in the last five years is it favors offenses, uh, especially those that have really good receivers because it's just so hard to cover people. Um, in that type of footing. Buffalo ran out of steam. They did. And so I guess in that sense, I'm seeing what happened to the betting line. Already, the Chiefs start, they opened minus three. They are now a one-point dog. To me, that indicates the public is putting way too much stock into yesterday, way too much confidence into the Bengals. And that doesn't mean they can't win or won't win. It just, that's my my perspective. I think there needs to be some some happy medium to that, but I don't know. 
we, we'll have a lot of time to talk about that game and, and certainly will uh, as we get more information, you know, practices not for another couple of days and that's going to be a big deal, especially with Mahomes. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, one more thing I think I would like to touch touch on from that game is the Bengals. Are, is this a work on their end? You know, the issue with issue the refunds, man. How dare they sell tickets to that ball game? Like, I can't tell if Joe Burrow believes that or if he's just telling that to his teammates that he doesn't think smart enough that they're going to like, oh, yeah, that's right. What are they doing? Like, are we going to ignore the fact that they weren't selling tickets to other AFC championship games? Like the one in Kansas City? I'm not too sure they weren't even selling one for one in Cincinnati. It sure seems like the major networks like CBS are dead set on ignoring it. I mean, they keep trying to bring it up in headline topics, sharing the soundbite of what Burrow and Mixon and all these guys said. But the only place that I ever hear folks point out, oh, the you know, the Bengals were selling these tickets too, is like more localized, things like we do um, that, that take the time and aren't just trying to, you know, I don't know, create an uproar because it's silly. And to me, dude, this is like, it'd be silly. But stuff like that, I think, gives me more confidence that that team is about to run into their the end of their leash. The fact that they need to fabricate something so silly, um, to me, tells that, I don't know, I don't know if their head is where it really needs to be, like, that's just, I don't know. That's that's my take, but maybe that's wishful thinking. Now, we don't have a ton of time left, but Sunday night, it, it, I feel like it played out just as the vast majority of the public would have expected. The headline read as the vast majority would have predicted, and that is Dak Prescott let the Cowboys down. His social media team, man, the Cowboys today have been coming out hard on him and, and the team, and it's like whoever's managing that account, I wonder if it's Jerry Jones because whoever it is got some balls on him saying things like Dak Prescott gave the game away or gave gave two turnovers away that ended up being detrimental and, and cost him the game. It's just – it's wild. Um, I thought that game was more about Dallas and their shortcomings offensively than it was about San Francisco and, and what they're doing well because their quarterback, again, starting to show some some flaws in my opinion. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, like you said, I think clock's about to strike midnight for Brock Purdy. He he was wanting to throw interceptions. Dallas just didn't get it done. Um, it was This all falls on the Dallas offense, right? I mean, the San Francisco D is great, sure, but are they the best you've ever seen? I don't think so. You should be scoring more than 12 points with those weapons. I, it does come down to Dak. He did give away some bad interceptions. So, I don't know. I hate to say it, but this one solely falls on the Dallas Cowboys and not so much on the Niners. Does... Does Dallas do anything? This is the only question I want to go over. Does Dallas change anything in a major way? Sounds like McCarthy's staying. I don't really think they can financially shake um, a DAC move, but I, I have heard it floated that maybe this is it for him. And uh, I'm pretty sure Zeke is also going to stick around for another year. Tony Pollard, he broke a bone in his foot. Kind of a weird thing. He had the same injury as Mahomes, but he comes out of it with a break. I think that speaks to... Mahomes and his uh, hypermobility. But, yeah, I don't know. Do you think something changes in a big way in Dallas heading into 23? See, this is what I would love to have Pork Johnson on the show for. Get that take of a real Dallas Cowboy fan and see what they really think about it. 
Um, Because, yeah, I think the combination of Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott is a little bit questionable. I don't think that they're ever going to really get over the hump because one shortcomings doesn't overcome the other shortcomings. So it's just it's a tough spot, and I don't know which one you get rid of. I don't truly trust McCarthy. I feel like he made some mismanagement mistakes yesterday. And uh, Dak, I don't I don't know if he's the guy. I don't think he probably is. I don't know. I don't know. You, you might think about doing something. I don't know where you do it at, though. Maybe trade for Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. What do you got? Fandom is a hell of a drug. You know, these Cowboys fans, like pork, spent so much time convincing themselves that this year was different, and I don't know why. I'm here to give you the harsh reality. If you think this team, this is my take. Dak Prescott, as a member of the Dallas Cowboys, will never play in an NFC Championship game. That team will never go to the NFC Championship game. Um, I don't think that's that hot of a take. I think that's just very realistic. That's what anyone would say who doesn't bleed navy and silver and white. And Pork's probably hearing this, and it's just the harsh reality, man. Like, they need to move on. They need to, whether it's the coach, the quarterback, you run it back another year. If if you want to just get to the playoffs, maybe get to the divisional round, he's perfect. He's your, you know, Kirk Cousins in that sense. But it's never going to be more than that. And eventually this division, which is very good, is going to pass them up and you're going to be in – it's going to be one of those Cowboys years where they're 7-10 and 10 and we just keep going in circles. So that's it for this show. We wanted to recap those teams, especially that their season is now over. Coming later in the week, we will take the deep dive into the conference championships, and uh, those matchups look great. I think they will make up for the uh, the turds that were laid Saturday and Sunday this week. So for Matt and I, make sure you're following, liking, subscribing, commenting, all the good things that you can do to help push us along at Worst to First NFL on all social medias you could pretty much think of that are mainstream. I don't know what weird stuff you might be into. But until that preview, we'll talk to you then. Take care.